Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Welcome to 90 Day Fiancé WTF Podcast, a weekly hangout to talk about what the fuck we all just watch on TLC's 90 Day Fiancé. I am Nadia, and with me is my co-host, Lon. Hey, 90 Day Fiancé, the other way. Finally here. Yeah, the other way, season four. So, Lon, let's, uh, let's start to manifest this podcast, shall we? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this episode. Let's manifest it, as what Danielle would say. Speaking of Danielle, do we want to start with her? Danielle and Johan? Yeah, um, I'm down so- to start with Danielle. Okay, great. I'll do the intro and I'll tee it up for you. So Danielle is 42 years old from New York and she's with uh, Johan, 32 years old from La Romana, Dominican Republic. And uh, apparently, Lon, this is, I want to say the first crossover couple. They were part of Love in Paradise. Mm. And I think they took their story over to the other way. So... Yeah, I think this is the first crossover as far as I can remember because Love in Paradise is relatively a new series. I was going to ask about that because as she was telling her story like, and it was showing footage and stuff, I was like, did I Where miss was a it? season? Yeah. yeah, I was like, did I miss a season? What, what the fuck? Where were those footages from? from? Yeah. <laughs> okay, that explains, that explains a lot. Right. All right, Lon, what is your first impression of uh, Danielle and Johan? I, Aside from the height difference, of course. I think Danielle awesome. is fun. I really like Danielle. I, th- I think a lot of people from New York have really cool personalities. So I really liked Danielle, but I also think she's kind of delusional. I don't understand how she thinks she's going to thrive. And I've brought this to social media. Like, I get it. America's expensive. I get it. Your apartment's 4K, you know, a month alone and on top of other things. Okay, but what's your plan, though? Like, do you just think you're going to pack your bags and leave for Dominican Republic and thrive and be successful? Like, what's the plan here? And, you know, Johan is trying to tell her, like, look, it's difficult here. The same problems she has living in New York are the same problems he's experiencing. Like, Mm -hmm. look, for the amount that I'm getting paid here, it's not a lot either. You know, and that's the reason I want to come to America is because of the opportunities. Like, what was her plan? What does she think is going to happen? That she's going to get a high paying job and be able to live on the beach and sip cocktails? Like, what's the idea here? You know, I I like Danielle and I still think she's going to be entertaining to see. And I think in these first two episodes, their scenes have been really, really fun to watch and have to see them figure shit out. But it's so annoying that like, I don't know where her mentality is at. And Johan, he's over here. We've seen the scenes where he's like, this is my business. And she's just like, you know, where is this money going to come from? And you can't do math. And I'm just like, what did you think was going to happen? That he was going to be a towel boy and then open up a shop 
and that y'all were going to just live lavishly on the beach? Like, what was your idea here? <laughs> you yeah. Know? Like, what are you trying to accomplish? Right. Right. Like, in your fairy tale, where did you figure you were going to get this money? Mm. She obviously had a fairy tale in her in her mind set up. How mm. are you going to finance that? Yeah. You know, like you were thinking that he was that his meat business was going to be successful right off the bat because we know that his sanky panky salary isn't cutting it. Right. You know what I mean? <laughs> like in what delusion did you think that this was going to be like an easy cakewalk? <laughs> you know? Yeah. Can I also reveal some things? Because I was just like you, Lon. I was thinking, what is her motivation for wanting to stay longer in the DR? And then I did some digging and apparently uh, Miss Danielle over here has recently declared bankruptcy. <gasps> she owes, I want to say the bank or whoever that she owes. Yeah, bankruptcy to the tune of $224,584, give or take. Jeez. Yeah. What did she do? Foreclose on a home? What the What the <laughs> fuck? I mean, that's a lot of money. Yeah. And, you know, when she says things like she pays $4,000 in rent, I mean, yeah. If you're only a high school history teacher that teaches yoga on the site, I mean, I don't know how you're going to afford New York. But a lot of people on the internet, I mean, unanimously said, maybe move to a cheaper state instead of New York. I don't know. Right. Like, try living in a in a cheaper state. Like, I think a lot of people felt like instead of being very drastic and wanting to move to the DR, how about moving to Florida? It's slightly cheaper. It's closer to DR. And that's a compromise. But instead, she chose to lie about the visa application. Remember in the first episode where mm -hmm. she said, well, he doesn't know I'm going to stay here longer. And I really canceled the the visa application, which now it makes sense because if you're bankrupt, you cannot sponsor someone. Oh, and again, I, I think that's common sense because yeah. there is that element of like, if you want to sponsor someone to come into the US, you have to have a stable income to justify that you're able to support said person that you're going to be bringing over to the US because they won't be working immediately. So the government wants to know, is this person going to be well supported? <laughs> if someone like Danielle has already declared bankruptcy and is openly admitting that she's walking away from a $15,000 pension, I mean... <laughs> this changes the entire story for me now. Right. Is yeah. Johan bad with money or is she really bad with money? Yeah. You know what I mean? So and she's basically running away from her from problems the, in the U.S. That's what it looks like yeah, right now. And she's uh, hoping that she can pay off. She can save money by being in the recover DR. in the DR. Yes, 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 yeah. yes. Get yeah. Back. yeah. So I think that's her motivation is that. And I think we found out from the second episode that they've discussed this whole like, hey, I'm staying there longer. And then the compromise is that she'll be there for a year. And I'm guessing that's the plan is to save up enough to go back to the right. U.S. probably. And the plan wasn't to stay longer. It was actually to just stay there. Yeah. And he's like, nah. No. <laughs> nah. Yeah. 
like <laughs> you're not gonna like the dr yeah. but i mean who knows right but yeah like i think her motivation is to basically recover financially mm. and then maybe move back to the u.s but all right that aside lon what do you think of her reaction to the the butcher shop and the meat being sold out in the open because as someone from Singapore, it's not shocking to see meat being sold like that in other countries, mm-hmm. whether it's third world or first world. Um, I recently got back from my honeymoon in Portugal and I remember the meat were out in the open too. Right. Like, sure, they may not have a fly problem, but it's still out in the open. So, and I mean, just a reminder to all Americans who might be listening to us, not everywhere is USDA approved or inspected. <laughs> so I just don't like when people get skeeved about like how things are done differently elsewhere because it's like you're imposing or projecting your Americanism onto right. others. It's like just because it's done in your country this way doesn't mean that it should be done this way too in other countries because then you have that imperialist type of mentality, right? Right, right. And I expected that kind of reaction and it makes for a good TV. You know, and 90 Day Fiance does this a lot, right? And you'll hear us talk about it. And you've probably already heard us talk about it, that they'll take our American standard, which is first world problems, right? They'll put it in a setting where to kind of show like, oh, this is how they do it in other countries and stuff. And and because we're so used to a particular standard, we're disturbed or grotesque by it. You know what I mean? And for her to be just like, and I knew that's the reaction they were going for. But it's like, this actually is pretty common in other areas of the world. Like, and he says it, he's like, well, this is how we do it here, you know? And And it's true that, like I said, as Nadia said, this actually is not very uncommon. I think for dramatic effect, they're always zooming in on the flies, you know, and mm. they're just like insects crawling in, you know, all, all that stuff. But like, I'm not saying it's cool. Don't get me wrong. I I also am used to a particular level of cleanliness and, you know, stuff like that. You know, I, I prefer my meats refrigerated. I get it. But again, like, I, I think they do this. They over dramatize it to get that oh. reaction from her, to get yeah. that reaction from us. And for us to be like, wow, this is fucking disgusting, you know, when <laughs> when actually it's it, it's, normal. it's not that uncommon. Yeah. yeah, it's almost like normal elsewhere. And yeah, sure, I wouldn't want to eat meat that has a uh, fly poop on it. But it doesn't mean I have to like shit on how people do things elsewhere. Yeah, I don't like when Nadi Day Fiance does that, Yeah, right? you know, with other people's country and right. how they do things and all that so for people who don't quite know yet the meat is cleaned right obviously you're not going to get home and just fucking eat it the way yeah. it is right yeah you have to the meat it, is you cleaned clean and yeah. then when it's cooked it's cooked in a way so that any bacteria that might have been on it is removed off it right and don't get me wrong you know there's levels to this and it gets complicated but you can google it and you can look it up and a lot of times the high heat of the cooking temperature will remove most of the bacteria right 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 so i get it you know the visuals are not very appealing you see the flies and stuff and the meat's raw and it's just sitting out there 
I get it. <laughs> and I think TLC does this a lot. It's a tactic they used when Angela came to visit, right? And I think too, when Big Ed came to visit the Philippines, he, mm. they're always going to be like, yeah, gross. You know what I mean? As they're walking through the marketplace, they do this. It's it's a tool that they use to get views and get people talking and stuff value? like that. Right, right, yeah. right. I don't know if you have anything else to say, Lon, but I just want to conclude by saying, uh, and I've mentioned this before last week uh, when we chatted, that I feel this Tanya vibe going. I'm not sure if you guys remember Tanya and Sinjin, but you know, someone who sort of fetishize her partner and kind of appropriate things. And I just get that vibe from Danielle. I mean, yeah, she seems fun. She's like a typical New Yorker, but I also feel that kind of like condescending vibe too. Like, you know, the way she's mm -hmm. like, I'm going to get my computer and show you how to enter this stuff in a, you know, my software. And here I am thinking, oh, she's going to do some QuickBook stuff. And then it's like an Excel sheet. <laughs> I was very sheet. disappointed. Yeah. <laughs> and, and the thing too, that was frustrating for me was, you know, as she's over here, you know, condescending on him and stuff, he says, well, you tell me then you tell me, what would you do? What's your problem? Yeah. And then she doesn't have an answer. To me, it felt like she's purposely misinterpreting him. Mm. She's like, oh, I'm saying, where are you getting the money? And he's yeah. saying, no, you're complaining about the business and stuff. Tell me what you would do differently. Like, right. how, how would input. you take this? Right, right, right. And she's just like, nah, the money, the money, the money. And he's just like, fucking, what am I miscommunicating here? Like, what would you do? What would you yeah. do? You know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then she just goes off, you know, on her interview and she's like, puts the financial responsibility on him, right? How is mm -hmm. he going to pay for the place? How is he going to pay to raise a kid? And again, it now it's circling back to where I'm going. Well, what did you think was going to happen when you thought you were going to escape your problems? Did you think money was going to be different in the DR? No. Like he's trying to tell you the reason I want to come to America is for the opportunities there. Mm -hmm. My family members and friends have made something out of nothing. What did she think that things were going to be great and easy? Like, no, he done told you that there aren't very high paying jobs. And what is he? She's sharing a home with 16 other people. Oh, yeah, dude. That was mind blowing. Like what? Yeah. <laughs> you know, and then she's going to put the financial responsibility on him. <sighs> I don't know. And I think they're going to be entertaining to watch. I think there's room here for just to see how she, because obviously there's the sugar mama question, right? And she's like, yeah. I'm not going to be a sugar mama as we see in the previews and stuff. Okay, mm -hmm. well, but how are we going to carry the financial load then? What's going to happen here, right? I know he's a really tall, dark, and handsome, sexy with muscles and stuff, <laughs> but how are y'all going to resolve the financial issues that you both are kind of buried in? Yeah, dude, that aside, 16 people, one bathroom. That's a no for me, dog. That's, yeah. a, that's a cue right there. That's a line. Right. Man, yeah. But I keep complaining about how you can't do your 10-step fucking facial routine, right? Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> fuck. Uh, first world problems. I'm trying my best. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> <laughs> With your fucking rose. What was that? Roller, whatever I don't roller, remember. yeah. The is it the porcelain? It's like a, opens your pores. Yeah. yeah. What did she say? Oh, this is rose quartz. I'm like, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> <sighs> Take care of your skin, y'all. Yeah. 
<laughs> moisturize, moisturize, moisturize. <laughs> moisturize. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's uh, let's move on to Chris and Jamie. So Chris is 40 years old from Haleyville, Alabama. Alabama. And Jamie is from, well, is living in Bogota, Colombia, originally from Venezuela. I didn't get her age. Not that it matters. I hate the fact that I'm mentioning people's age. It doesn't really matter. But I guess for added context in 90 Day Fiancé, especially like the age does become a factor sometimes. Mm-hmm. So I apologize. She's 30, by the way. Oh, okay. Thank you, Lon. <laughs> Someone paid attention. <laughs> well, I think they're cute. I'm not sure if they have it together, Mm-mm. but maybe that makes for good Far people. from it. <laughs> like, I they think got I issues, saw, y'all. Yeah, I saw a meme saying like, is this girl like stable? And I feel bad. Like, I, I don't want to question people's sanity. I mean, we don't know them from a hole in the wall and we're only two episodes in, but there's something off, um, you know, about someone who disappears on people and mm. and then at the whole necrolepsy wow, that's a challenge in and of itself. Mm-hmm. Imagine like, Lon, if I have that and we're doing a podcast and suddenly I doze off, I mean. Right. Or according to her in the preview, she does a little bit of a kicks during her sleep because <laughs> she can get pretty uh, violent or animated or something while she's sleeping. I mean, it is a problem. I'm not saying that a couple cannot overcome that problem, but like I say, it probably makes for good TV Anything, any red flags, anything that stands out? Everything is a red flag about this couple. (laughs) (laughs) Don't get me wrong. I love the representation. I'm super supportive of like LGBTQ couples. I love them. I I think they're great. I think we need to see more uh, on TV. And I'm I'm glad that Jamie and Chris are here, obviously. And I think, you know, Chris with the challenge of narcolepsy is, I don't mean it's awesome, but that's cool that you know despite that we're going to get to see someone like her on on mm. the tv show yep. but right from the beginning it's automatically a red flag right from the notes i took she proposes and and don't get me wrong they all propose way too soon right <laughs> but yeah they all propose way too soon chris apparently proposed within a month they're getting Oof. married n- within nine days of her landing and i'm just like <laughs> I don't know. Like, have y'all worked out the problems and in getting into their stories? They have a lot of problems. Mm. So from Chris's side, like Jamie obviously was talking to another person apparently mm. while they were dating. Yep. And I'm just eyebrow raised, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But according to Jamie, it was because Chris Disappear. constantly disappears. Yeah. And I'm yeah. like, wait, <laughs> and maybe maybe I wasn't paying attention in the first episode, but did Chris explain that? Did Chris explain while she's out of the relationship, like what's going on? And I get it. When you say it like that, I understand why Jamie's like, are we on? Are we off? Like what's going on? Yeah. I'm going to talk to another person, y'all. That's just how dating is. You know what I mean? Like if someone isn't there for you and you're kind of questioning where the relationship's at, where y'all stand... I don't know. Like, I, I don't know. Are, are we together? Are we on again, off again? What's going on here? Now I don't want to paint Jamie in this light that, oh, well, Jamie's over here talking to other people. Because that's how Chris made me side with her in the beginning. It was like, mm-hmm. oh, that's fucked up. Like, what? She's talking to other people. But she's like, well, she disappeared for X amount of days. And then we're back and shit's cool. And then she disappears again. And then she mm-hmm. disappears again. And I'm like, okay, this is a very different story now. 
so all of this is like, why are we getting married again? <laughs> like, did we figure this out? So yeah, I think they're interesting. They have mm. my interest. Yeah. But I have a bad feeling that this isn't going to work out. And that's where I'm at with them. Yeah. Interesting couple. I think they're a cute couple. They get giddy and stuff. I like that. I like seeing people giddy about each other and, and, mm. and, and love. And both Chris and Jamie have that same energy. They're very giddy about, oh, I'm so in love with this person. <laughs> but y'all got fucking issues. Issues, totally. Yeah, yeah. And and it makes me kind of like sad because I think this isn't going to be good. Mm. I'm with you the whole way. There's nothing else left to say. I guess I'm holding out. I don't see them like crashing and burning. There maybe? is one thing I wanted to bring up. Sure. Did you remember when in the first episode, Chris thought Jamie was scamming her out of money by saying, I'm in trouble. I got COVID. Mm -hmm. And can you send me money? But all mm -hmm. the time she's sending her money. She's actually still employed. Something like that, right? Was there some shit like that? Right. And I was just like, again, wait a minute yeah. that's that's not cool asking someone like preying on their kindness yeah and saying hey i'm in a lot of trouble i got covid and stuff when actually it wasn't even an issue that was fucked up you know now that you mentioned that jamie didn't even mention getting covid or almost dying from it yeah not to her friends during the hair yeah. appointment or whatever or yeah. even to the cameras like you would mm. think the producer might ask like hey so it sounds like Chris is coming to you because she felt like she almost lost you mm. back when you got COVID. Like, how serious was that? I don't know why the producers didn't ask that question, but right. maybe she didn't have COVID. And maybe they that's should why dig into that more. Yeah. yeah. Especially if if it was scammy. Oh, I'd want to know that. Yeah. I'd want to know that. Yeah. Man, it sounds like Jamie is nice and all, but maybe she's a hustler. Mm. Mm. Yeah. The only thing I want to say before we can move on here is that Chris's mom, Mona, who's so sweet. I like her philosophy. You know, she is a God-fearing person, churchgoer. But I like how she's um, very open and supportive of her daughter and only wants what's best for her and only wants to see her happy. So it's the kind of mom. It's very exemplary. Mm -hmm. So that's the only thing that I added in my notes because otherwise, yeah, it, it's everything you said. It sounds like Chris falls in love quickly as well. Like it's, yes. I, you know, she married twice, have two kids. Nothing wrong with that. But, you know, she was young when she got pregnant. So I guess she is another one that's, you know, just maybe crash and burn. Like, you know, jumps into a relationship head first and just, you know, like you said, giddy, right? Giddy in love. Right. Basically. So speaking of giddy in love... <laughs> What do we want to say about Jen from Stillwell, Oklahoma and uh, Rishi, 32, from Jaipur, India? Is this uh, Jenny and Summit 2.0, Mom? <laughs> I feel bad for Jen because, as you said about Chris, I think she also like falls in love pretty quickly, yeah. Yeah. gets into relationships fairly quickly and her friends also notice this that this is a pattern yeah you know and it's like you're doing the same thing all over again now you're moving to india but it's the same shit right did she propose or he proposed it was within a month as well i 
think she did, right? I want to say did I have that did. in my notes. No, I think he did, and he. Yeah, I oh, don't have it, that in my notes. Pop, pop, it doesn't matter. Probably. She lost the ring. <laughs> she lost. <laughs> she lost the ring. I, you know, I'll take your word for it. If he did, let me rewind. At first, Jen was giving Darcy vibes for me, strictly because she's going for the young, foreign model type. Mm. Right. Like, and then, you know, Rishi's over here posing with six pack abs and black and white photography. And I'm just like, oh, here we go. (laughs) Right. And she's just like, oh, you know what I mean? And to give Rishi credit, right. He's what got a law degree and a master's. master's. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So he's not just a model. um, He's also a personal trainer. So it's not just so much that he gets by on, on his good looks. Right. But I'm always wary when someone has a shit ton of social media clout. He's obviously like somebody on social media because of because he's a model. Mm. And then for Jen to be falling in love with this type is always like eyebrow raising, right? For me at least. And then just as her friends said and her family said, he's introduced you to his family as what? You know, as a friend, right? I think it is. And the thing is, they've or his family has allowed him apparently to choose whether to marry for love or to get into an arranged uh, arranged marriage. So if if they've given you that leeway, if they've given you that freedom, why are you then reluctant to introduce this person as, as a girlfriend, as a fiance, as a partner, right? Mm. A bunch of red flags, none of which I think, I think he passed, in my opinion, he passed the catfish test. I think the friend was reaching. Same. Same. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't see anything wrong with that response. And right. I think the friend was trying to make something out of it. Yes. <laughs> and I was like, um, good try. But I don't see that as something to escalate. Definitely a reach. <laughs> yeah. Like I, Where are you from? First of all, you call that? yourself attractive. Okay, fine. I can give you that. But mm. it doesn't mean that you'll warrant that kind of response that every guy is going to give you. So, yeah. I actually like her friends because they were very honest they were very upfront with her on how you know how she deals with relationships Mm -hmm. and sometimes those type of friends are hard to come by you know someone who will give you the truth and you could tell it was the feedback was coming from a good place right exactly we fucking care about you and you're making a big mistake (laughs) right your picker is off and your uh, picker is off yeah (laughs) that's that's what did you say that's how she said right yeah yeah, i wrote that down i was like wow (laughs) that's a friend right there Because, you know, oftentimes we're surrounded by our own echo chambers, right? Sometimes we're surrounded by sycophants and it's refreshing to have someone, to have friends, to be surrounded by people who sometimes opposes you or sometimes will... Call you out. Yeah, call you out, bring you down to earth, check you and (laughs) give you that reality check, right? So I tweeted that I cannot wait to have Randy and Myra be invited to the tell-all because... I'm pretty sure they're going to tell it like it is. So Sean Robinson better be ready with those questions. Or rather, the producers better be ready with those messy questions. But yeah, it seems like Jen is someone who's in love with love. Mm. And in love Rishi, with love, I like that, yeah. Yeah, and Rishi happens to be that person that she falls for. Even though it seems like she didn't like him at first, but then he grew on her, mm-hmm. it seems like. So... But you're right. Like, I think the red flag here is that why is Rishi not being transparent with his family about their relationship because they're supposedly engaged? 
Then again, I have a feeling that he's not that into her because why else wouldn't he be proud of begging a Western woman, I guess, right? And also, it's almost like Sumit being ashamed of being in a relationship. Mm. You know, and he's reluctant to tell his family because he knows his family wouldn't approve. They prefer someone local. Maybe that's the reason. Maybe it's purely because of the customs or the culture, not necessarily that he's not into her. But also, Jen seems like a very clingy person. Like, did you see those drunk video calls that she... Yes, I mentioned that in my notes. Yes, she called him in one of the videos... Her first love, y'all, at 46? Stop it. She said, you're my first love. And I'm like, whoa, wait, wait a minute, wait a minute. No way. So I don't know. Maybe that was the liquor talking, but uh, I don't know, (laughs) y'all. Yeah. I don't know. And I really like Jen. I want her to find love. I think everyone deserves to find love. Of course. Like you said, you know, I think she's in love with the idea of love. Right, right, right. And her friends were like, oh, but you're always moving to different places for all these people. And Mm. I think that's just her. She really loves. She's all in. She'll move, Mm -hmm. you know, and and I wanted to tell her friends, like, look, if the local scene is trash, you can move. Right. Mm. (laughs) And I and I think that's what she does. She's like, none of these guys like impress me. So, of course, I'm going to move out of state or in this case, out of the country to find to find love. I'm a hopeless romantic at heart. So for me, that's just like, you know, I've actually done it. You know, I moved to Seattle for a relationship. So I get that. I understand moving for somebody that you really love or someone you really care about. I hope she's not hurt. Rishi, he seems like a good person. I need to see more of him to yep. form a judgment. But as somebody who has a huge social media following. And then as her friend pointed out, he follows primarily women. It's Mm. almost like, are you keeping your options open then? Because if your family has given you the go ahead to marry for love and not out of arrangement, then to him, like the choices that he has are huge. Whereas to Jen, I don't think she sees that many options to him. He sees many more. Mm. I don't know. I would need to see more of him to form a more complete judgment. Yeah, same. I hope that he's not treating her like a side chick. Mm. All right, y'all. So before we move on, just a reminder to folks listening that we are covering the first two episodes of 90 Day Fiancé The Other Way, episode one and two, because we want to make sure that we get all the couples. Apparently, there's another couple that we have yet to meet. But yeah, we have two more in our pipeline here (laughs) two more to review and I thought we can jump into another person that falls really hard in love I guess or fall fast in love Nicole 38 LA and Mahmoud from Cairo Egypt Mm -hmm. I have a lot to say about this (laughs) let's hear it let's hear it first of all I think she unblocked him. And someone mentioned this too <laughs> on the forums. I think she unblocked him when her application for this show went successful. Because she's like, well, now I got to rekindle my relationship or my mm. so-called marriage to this guy because otherwise there's no content to present, mm. right? Mm-hmm. And then the other thing that 
I don't blame her, but I blame 90 Day Fiancé as a whole, is that they keep replaying this storyline, Lon, mm -hmm. where in this case, because it's an American show, so you have American women, you know, going after being enamored, being swept off their feet by a Middle Easterner or a North African man, and then afterwards being shell-shocked by how different the culture is. Mm -hmm. And then they sort of victimize themselves because these men won't change for them because that's how they've been living their entire life. It's like, right. why do we keep revisiting this theme? Because I feel like at some point, 90 Day Fiancé actively plays this role of shitting on those type of culture. And in this case, specifically the Muslim, uh, mm -hmm. you know, Islam as a religion, because, oh, poor Nicole, she has to cover herself. Well, what do you expect? You married an Egyptian man. Mm -hmm. Did you not do a background check? Did you not research his culture? Did you guys not talk about expectation? And I get it. You had a whirlwind romance, but I don't know why there's this recurring theme of like American women expecting the men to change for them. And then again, I'm not just blaming it one way, right? This is not unidirectional, you guys. I think this is bidirectional too. Obviously, the men that they married, they expect them to change because if you put yourself in their shoes, you married into my culture. So I guess you should understand that this is my expectation of what you should wear, how you should conduct yourself. No, you cannot hug other people. <laughs> right. And I mean, yeah, it comes across as oppressive, but that's their culture. It has been like that for hundreds of years, and maybe even thousands of years. So what are you expecting? You know, and I think this is where I, I'm getting a bit frustrated with the whole like 90 Day Fiance always trying to amplify the third worldness of a place and also the oppressiveness of other people's culture. Right. Which is a narrative, by mm -hmm. the way, right? It's a mm -hmm. narrative because there are people in that culture who practice that culture who do not feel oppressed. Right. And I understand if people who are not of that culture feel oppressed by it, but there are people who are practicing Muslim and practicing and who hold a different perspective, who agree and say, oh, well, I'm covering myself up for modesty purposes. And I forget exactly who, but there was a couple and the white woman in this case fully embraced the religion and Avery. like Avery, right? Avery and Omar. Yes. And what a queen, right? She knew what she was getting into. She accepted what she was getting into and mm -hmm. says, if this is the husband I'm going to marry, then these are the standards that we need to uh, abide by to make this marriage successful. Then I'm going all in. And she fucking went all in. Mm -hmm. And I think in these kind of relationships, you really do have to fully embrace it. You can't just embrace it halfway and have one foot out and saying, okay, I'm gonna, but it has to be like this. No, it can't. And again, it's, it's not just Muslims and Islam, right? Let's be real. If you were to marry a hardcore conservative Christian, there are standards too about how women dress. And women admittedly feel oppressed by Christianity because of it. You know what I mean? In schools, how you can't wear something that's above a certain inch measurement from your knees 
or whatever. Women are sent home because of what they're wearing, right? So let's not paint this out to be a, a, a Muslim thing. It also exists in Christianity, right? So we're very careful to point out that this is a narrative of mm -hmm. oppression that they're painting out on this show. Because if you were to date somebody who's like strictly like Christian too, there are definitely rules. Nuns are the same way. Nuns have to cover themselves up and wear things on their heads. <laughs> you know, and that's why I want to say these are cultural values. These are religious values. These dress codes are rooted in religion and culture. And if you're going to marry somebody of that religion and culture, then these are just the things that they practice. And, you know, you can't be half-assed about it. I like Nicole. I like that she's a creative. I like that she's into fashion. I like these things about her. And I also liked that how she knew that this wasn't working and that it was time for a divorce. And I also like that you mentioned that, you know what? She unblocked him because of the show. Because I was wondering why the fuck? Why? She recognized it. She knew this yeah. wasn't working and was like, I can't do this then why the fuck are you trying to get back into it? Yeah. And again, it goes back to this, well, maybe <laughs> 90 Day Fiance came knocking and was like, this would be interesting TV. We need another American woman who's just, oh, I do not like these standards that are being imposed on me because I'm marrying somebody <laughs> who's like a practicing Muslim, right? Like it's a fucking tired narrative and we see it in every season and every spinoff <laughs> like, yeah. are y'all not tired of this but i get it i get it it makes good tv but we're seeing the same shit recycled over again right yeah and i, I really do like nicole i think she's an interesting person i just feel bad and i'm not gonna hate i don't know what her financial situation is and i'm not one to hate on the clout chase if you think it'll make your life better like who am i to say she doesn't need the money and she should reject the offer from 90 day fiance mm. you know if it'll improve her life i'm not gonna hate on that right mm -hmm. so maybe she did maybe she got an email and she's like fuck let's do it let's fucking do it <laughs> let's fucking do it but yes it answers for me the question why you identified the problem you said this isn't working mm. but <laughs> you're like hey maybe we can work this out right <laughs> yeah so. yeah at this point it's like clown behavior right like you mm. know that it doesn't make sense to you and yet you're still going for it <sighs> but yeah you're yeah. right lon i do like her she seems like a nice person again like falling really hard in love uh, you know, falling head first. It's crazy how, you know, they got married and it's like these people just, again, no judgment. I mean, yeah, I, sometimes I believe in love at first sight and mm. I guess I wish people would take their time, but I get it. You see an opportunity, you're like, I'll go for it because why not? YOLO. Mm -hmm. but, YOLO. <laughs> <laughs> right? I like how when I was watching Pillow Talk, I like how John... I forgot whose brother, but you know, John from Boston. From Boston, yeah. From yeah, Boston, yeah. Because yeah. after he, they found out that he, she was married two months before having to leave uh, Mahmoud to go back to the US, uh, John was saying, well, I could have played Call of Duty longer than that. <laughs> 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 that gaming point of reference is just... Yeah. <laughs> chef's kiss. Anyway, yeah. So like Lon said, this narrative has been overplayed 
many times and I hate that they keep targeting the same demographic. It's tired, you know, like what do you expect? Cultural and religious differences aside, do you see any red flags either with Nicole or with Mahmoud as a person? It seems like they cannot reach a compromise, right? Mm -hmm. Because Mahmoud wants this wife that will be subservient and Mm. will adhere to his culture. I say culture, not necessarily like he's forcing her to convert. Like I didn't get that when I Mm -hmm. watched them. So it's not like he's saying like, yeah, we can't get married until you convert to Islam. Because I think for him, he may be a practicing Muslim, but maybe he's open-minded enough to accept a foreign wife knowing that, okay, I don't need to convert her as long as I'm the head of the household and I'm the one that's like leading us to the path of Islam or whatever. And that's why I think he's more into like enforcing the local customs and culture onto her. Things like covering yourself, you know, being modest, behaving modestly or behaving a certain way that is common in their culture, right? Like no hugging of men, no touching. So again, like I guess for someone like me who's who's born Muslim, like it's not a foreign concept, but I can see how it's a struggle if you're not accustomed to that because people who are outside of that would be like, oh yeah, this is super oppressive. This mm-hmm. is like so foreign, so like alien to me. And that's what Nicole is feeling right now is she's like, <laughs> on her side, she thinks that he will change for her. And yeah. he thinks that she will change for him. So I feel like they can seem to reach a compromise, but it's still early on, Lon. So I am going to reserve my, you know, jury's still out. So I can't tell if they're going to last or if this is just a ruse, right? Like, I suspect that she unblock him because (laughs) she's going to get this TLC money. But we'll see. We'll see. I didn't like how uh, during their conversation, it wasn't even inferred. He basically said that she causes a lot of the fights. Mm. And she's like, (laughs) she said, how did she phrase it? She said, wait, you don't, but you don't think that you fight with me a lot? And he was like, Mm -hmm. well, mostly it's your fault. Yeah. (laughs) She tried to play it off, right? She said, oh, aren't we the jokester today? It was so uncomfortable. She's like, aren't, aren't we the jokester today? <laughs> and he's like, no, it's you. <laughs> She's like, well, you're not, you don't think you're responsible for any of this? And he's like, well, a little bit, but it's mostly you. I was like, whoa. And maybe it is. I don't know. I've, I haven't seen enough of it. To me, it was almost like, okay, wait. That's it can't be completely one-sided here, right? Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know how many times they fight and how many times it was whoever's fault. For me, when I get into fights, I'm not keeping score. You know, I think when people get into conflicts, you can see it from both sides and, mm. and both have a shared kind of responsibility to own up to whatever you did. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but for him to just automatically go, well, obviously it's you. <laughs> Are we the jokester today? <laughs> I was just like, <laughs> okay. So for me, that was one of the eyebrow raises like, hmm. Are you going to be like this? Is it always going to be her fault? And that's so exhausting for someone to be in a relationship where they feel like it's constantly fucking them. That's like getting the blame for everything. And Mm -hmm. I really felt bad for her in that scene because to shift the blame completely on somebody is just, I've been in that. And I was just like, oh, I don't like how he did that. Yeah. It's going to be exhausting. and. Mm -hmm. Well, I guess if that's the case, if this continues, yeah, they won't last, right? Yeah. 
we'll see. Get the bag, though. Get the bag. <laughs> Get the bag. Get that money. Stay till the tell-all, at least. All right, last couple on our list is, I think, my favorite. I don't know about you, Lon, but it's Gabe, Gabriel, 32, from Margate, Florida, and Isabel, 34, from El Carmen, Colombia. So, first of all, I'm probably going to get roasted. I don't see gender. I'm not sure if that's an offensive thing to say, but I think from me, when I say that, I'm just saying I'm very ignorant because when I watched Gabe for the first time on episode one, I was like, oh, great, Gabe. Nice guy in love with this chick from Colombia. Great. You know, he seems like a nice guy. Like to me, I didn't even know about the trans thing until he actually said it. And my own husband was the one who pointed that out before Gabe actually revealed that he was a trans. And I was like, huh, okay. Well, doesn't matter because he's still a likable person. <laughs> like, I don't care. Right. Um, all I care about is seems like they're in a fantastic relationship. What I respect about that is the fact that Gabe handled his gender reveal, if I could call that, very openly and very early on in their relationship. He didn't wait till like, oh, oops, I was once a female or whatever. He openly admit because mm -hmm. he knows that in day and age when people stalk other people <laughs> on social media, you're going to find out sooner or later and then there'll be questions and he kind of got ahead of it you know, or got in front of it by addressing it sooner rather than later. And I, I respect that um, right. because I think, you know, once you tackle that, you can move forward. And if let's say Isabel doesn't accept him, then at least he can move on. They both can move on and be like, all right, well, this has been great, but you know, deuces. <laughs> you know what I mean? like That was the very responsible thing to do was mm -hmm. to out himself i guess just to do that to give yeah. her the information she needs to proceed in the relationship yep right and, and just to say look we're moving here and before we get any further you need to know this and yeah that's that's information that's very important and i understand timing for people in lgbtq communities is very important and mm -hmm. we want to give them you know the decision to come out when they're comfortable when they feel safe and you know on their own time but to be fair when you're in a relationship where feelings are involved and people are falling in love and you're starting to plan a future sooner is better and uh, always the way he yeah. handled that, yeah, I was like, look, before this progresses, here's what I need to tell you. And it's awesome that Isabel was like, well, I don't care. <laughs> I love you and you're a man to me. And yeah, we'll see how the parents react because that's, I think for right now is the only conflict I see with their story moving forward. I think Gabriel and Isabel uh, on the surface at least are very happy. The only source of conflict right now is, well, how do we get our parents involved? Yeah. Or my parents on Isabel's side. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah. And I also appreciate how he shared his very heartfelt story about how he knew that he needed to convert, I guess, or he he's trans. And I thought that was the kind of explanation that people need to hear. Mm -hmm. Because there's a lot of assumption out there about like oh yeah trans kids they are influenced they think it's a fad or they think that it's like the flavor of the month or whatever but the way Gabe explained it is that he's always felt that way since he was very young mm -hmm. and he just felt like okay I gotta do this and I think he first came out as I want to say uh, lesbian 
And then he decided to, well, I guess that was a he back then, but she then decided to do the whole transition. And mm -hmm. that's when she felt at peace, right? Or at ease with their sexual orientation. Right. That. He didn't have the, I guess, the language yet to understand what he was going through. And he's yeah. like, well, am I a lesbian? But, you know, that addresses the sexuality part, but that doesn't address the identity, the gender identity right. part. And he right. felt more like a guy. So. Yeah. And that's why, if anything about this show is just trash TV or whatever label people give it. And I'm not going to say they're doing it 100% the correct way, but I do appreciate that the representation is there because mm. these stories need to be told. And yes. and Gabe, as a trans man, being on TV to tell the story and we get to see that perspective. We get to see that story and hear from him. These are the things that we need to start becoming accustomed to seeing on television. We want to start normalizing I believe, to take away the stigma and yes. the fears yeah. that are associated with the trans community and uh, just to see them as people. Yeah. Um, so it's good. So props to TLC for including a, a trans man. Yep. Props to TLC. Sometimes, you know, it's two steps forward, one step back with them. Mm. But <laughs> better to have this type of representation. And as a cis female, I apologize if sometimes I get my pronouns wrong or like I get my language wrong about the LGBTQ. We're trying our best here, folks. We're trying our best, yeah. <laughs> but we are always accepting of anyone. Everyone, you know, all humans are human, so. All right, cool. Because we are a WTF podcast, we will end this with our WTF moment. So, Lan, let's hear yours first. Okay, so, Gabe, you're awesome, but, ew, name tattoos? Ah. <laughs> 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 I, I don't know y'all about how y'all feel about name tattoos. Elon, I got two words for you. <laughs> What's Pete up? Davidson. <laughs> he also is guilty of name tattooing, man. He tattoos whoever that he's dating. Like, he's like, that's how hard he falls in love with them, I guess. He like, yeah. right away, I think the recent one that he tried to remove was Kim Kardashian's and all her kids' name or something. I, I could be wrong, but. You know, fact check me, you guys, if you want to. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So yeah. I, I, I can't blame Gabe, but, you know, his sister yeah. called him out on it. So, you know. yeah. If you love a person, I get it. And I understand it's coming from a good place. And I understand mm -hmm. saying, you know what? Like, let's do it. I love this person. And my intent is to stay with this person forever, which mm -hmm. I'm assuming is the intent when you get a name tattoo. It's just one of those things for me, though, the permanence of it can be a curse, right? And that scares mm. me. But hey, props to anybody there who's getting name tattoos. Obviously, the intention is there that this is on me forever. And, you know, I think <laughs> that I'll be with this person for a very long time. But yeah, that was one of my WTFs. Let me throw in another one really quick. I think... And I think other people would agree. And I know she has her reasons now that you brought it up, Nadia, in this podcast. But I didn't like that she, she being Danielle, but she canceled the visa or whatever mm -hmm. and didn't tell him. And she's just like, oh, well, I'm just going to tell him when I get there that mm. I'm coming to the Dominican Republic and that's it. And mm. I was like, oh, well, you're not giving him then the information he needs to make an yeah. informed decision about the relationship. Yeah. I think that's controlling and manipulative. Yeah. So also WTF a, to that. A liar. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Straight up. Like yep. when he's like, this Why isn't you what always we lie. talked about. Yeah. <laughs> Let me add to that. My WTF moment is that uh, $12 matcha latte with oat milk that she bought from that cafe. Someone actually zoomed in. Man. Yeah, you can mess with the internet, but someone actually zoom into that screenshot. Someone took a screenshot and zooms in, and apparently they charge you extra for ice. <laughs> <laughs> Only in New York. Uh, <laughs> and uh, the fact that I think when she was talking to her friend, she said, and this is the tagline that we used earlier during our intro, is that uh, when her friend asked her, like, how are you going to survive in a DR? And she was like, I'm going to manifest it. I'm going to manifest it. <laughs> We're just going to manifest it, folks. Yeah. So, and her friends are just like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's fine. All right, girl, you do you. You do. Manifest you. that shit. <laughs> uh, all right. So, uh, that's the end of our coverage of The Other Way, season four, episode one and two. Folks, we will be back, I'm guessing, in two weeks' time. And it's only because. TLC refuses to air the next episode because of the Super Bowl that's coming up this weekend. Mm. So I guess you won't hear from us again. And I know this is probably the cadence that you're accustomed to because I upload really late and it's my fault, sorry. But hey, while we're here, Lon, do you want to recommend our listeners any shows, anything that you've been watching? We spoke about it a little bit earlier, but... Mm -hmm. uh... The Pamela Anderson documentary on Netflix. Oh, yes. yes, yes great, yes. great watch. And mm -hmm. um, from me, these documentaries, they make me realize that I am guilty of also painting these people, Pamela Anderson in this case. I'm guilty. I'm guilty of seeing her as the person that is portrayed on television and forgetting that these are people who are very different in their real lives and who may or may not want uh certain things you know that that are shown on tv and it's really refreshing highly recommend it to anyone who hasn't seen it i think it's called pamela anderson in her own words mm -hmm. or something mm -hmm. like that i believe so on netflix mm -hmm. yeah i have the same takeaway to one i guess i would admit that i fall into that category of people who who dismiss her as mm -hmm. the, the blonde bombshell that's you know slow-mo running down the <laughs> down the beach and the infamous uh, bay watch the, <laughs> intro yeah. right yeah <laughs> yeah and you know now that i think back on that show it really typecast people mm. um it's like they play up the whole like body image right mm -hmm. <laughs> you have to have a certain body image to be on that show so i'm glad they did a remake of that in the movie form but i guess there was a bit more representation in the the movie remake, the one that I think has the Rock and Zac Efron and that. I didn't watch it, so this is all news to me. Uh, yeah, I didn't watch it either, but I know they cast like a lot, a variety of people with mm. diverse background, and it was a little bit more inclusive. But yes, back to Pamela. Yeah, I'm so angry that you know she didn't get any penance or any compensation for her work in Baywatch or, you know, no, no back pay, no residuals mm -hmm. on any of her work. And unfortunately, I mean, and this is something that Pamela herself admitted, she's not good with money. And uh, I told Lon that it seems like she's being mismanaged because her agent kept pushing all this 
typical work to her where she's being typecast and she's being pigeonholed in this particular trope. And that's how people will remember her mm-hmm. by, right? Barbed wire, Baywatch, being a playboy, center. And she's more than that. I think right. you know the show sort of ended with her finishing a Broadway, right? the Chicago Broadway. And I think she's more than that. She's not empty up there. You know, she's smart. She she has a heart. You know, she puts her family first. Um, there's a lot to admire from Pamela Anderson. I think us as a society back then did her wrong. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, it's just unfortunate. I know selling lawn too, like all those questions that she gets from the media, from talk show hosts, they won't fly in this day and age. But back then, it was almost commonplace for her to get those types of questions people and how are people you know disgusted by the fact that she and her husband had sex yeah you know like why are we that kind of society where we're like boyers but at the same time disgusted by you know two humans having sex it's like but they're husband and wife what are you expecting right (laughs) you know try to let that sink in like we're you know on one hand People like porn, but on the other hand, people are disgusted by when they see real people having sex. It's just mind-blowing. But anyway, yeah, I was just angry that the tape was stolen. And I think they made a show about it. Yeah. And I think her son were pretty pissed about it too because I don't think they got any permission about that show. And it's starring Seth Rogen, yeah. I think. Where they... I, th- I think Nick Offerman was in it too. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't Yeah. And I, I don't know if they got explicit permission from Tommy Lee or from Pamela Anderson, but they did it anyway. They retold the story. Hulu is notorious for that, by the way. It's on Hulu. Yeah, it's and on they Hulu. they are notorious for that. They did a Mike Tyson show, and Mike Tyson came out on social media saying, Thing, yeah, I didn't approve this, that. y'all, yeah. and, and I really wanted to see it. But then after Mike said that, I was like, fuck that. I'm not watching it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know how they got around that. It must be some legal loophole where they're like, all right, well, this is clearly Pamela Anderson and Tommy Lee and the story, we're retelling the story. And then when they retell it, they take liberties that are yes. not factual. And yeah. like they mentioned it in the documentary. They're like, yeah. oh, they're trying to say that we did this and that the we didn't pay the guy this. Yeah. And I'm just like, oh my gosh, like for people who don't know and they just watch that and take it as truth. It's just going to further perpetuate, you know, the false image of who she is. So if you are like me and you just wrote Pamela Anderson off as a playboy centerfold who is using her good looks to marry a rock star, do a sex tape and like, (laughs) and I, now that I'm so old, I'm like, of course she wasn't that person. Of course she's multidimensional. Of course she's a human being with like dreams and wants and and things like that like it's i've just felt so bad watching it going why did i not consider (laughs) this Mm -hmm. why Mm -hmm. did i write her off as just the playboy playmate you know who's running around on the beach in baywatch and using her her assets (laughs) you know it's to her advantage and climbing up this whatever the the ladder based on her popularity as a good-looking attractive human being but there's just so much more to her Uh, the documentary really does a good job i think of showing her very vulnerable and showing look like they make her read from her journals you know spoiler alert right i'm not going to spoil what's in the journals but it was just another side of her a refreshing side 
to show the humanization of yep. Pamela Anderson, that this is somebody who journaled and who 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 told, you know, her stories and her experiences because she wanted to keep them, which was part of the reason her and Tommy video recorded everything, including their trips and including intimate moments. Intimate moments. Yeah. Right. This just wasn't something, this wasn't a commodity. It was commodified because somebody knew they could make money off it. Mm-hmm. And you know what? Tommy Lee and Pamela Anderson didn't see a cent of it. And while it fed into Tommy's rock star persona, the women always pay the price for shit like yeah. this, right? And yeah. um, and unfortunately, Pamela was on the losing end of that. So yeah, yep, yep. I was listening to this podcast of the the director of the show, who actually talked about the documentary, and yeah, Pamela chooses not to wear makeup. She just wants to be her authentic self. Mm. There were instances where she just couldn't read those journal because mm. she was telling them that, okay, well, if I stumble upon like an entry that makes me sad, like I won't be able to continue. So it's better that you guys tell it in your own words or you it's better that someone reads it off or something like that. And I feel bad for her, but mm-hmm. it seems like she's moving forward. My only call out is that I wish she had stuck with Kelly Slater. She was with him. She was supposed to be with him when she got married to uh, Tommy Lee. Yeah, imagine finding that out when you're supposed to right? introduce. introduce. Yeah, because she, he would. I don't she, want to spoil it. I want yeah, to try not to spoil. This, it, but this I, is the I only like, thing. <laughs> when I when she admitted that, I yeah. was like, I felt that her life would have been a little bit different, just mm-hmm. a little bit different. Yeah. Again, I you guys need to watch it. I will stop right here just so I don't like spoil too much of it, but. Yeah, go watch it, guys. I highly recommend it. Yeah, it's a a great documentary. And yeah, did you watch Glass Onion, Lon? Not yet. Rian Johnson. Okay, that's another one that you should watch. Murder Mystery. Yeah. Love it. It's a part of the Knives Out franchise. Yeah, Knives Out. Yeah. Yeah. So you got to watch the first one, which has your favorite actress, Anna (laughs) de Armas. (laughs) (laughs) And then the second one is actually pretty, pretty awesome. Yeah, rave reviews for Glass Onion. Yeah, yeah. The writing is so good. In other 90 Day Fiancé news, and this is a very sobering and somber news, unfortunately, Shaida suffered a miscarriage. We both, I want to say, are we rooted for, for her to get pregnant. Mm-hmm. And um, yep, unfortunately, that happened. And hated the fact that people sort of like force it out of her. I don't think she volunteered this information, but she mm. kind of had to like say something. So yeah, that's how we found out that um, she suffered a miscarriage. Hopefully, they'll try it again. The thing about miscarriage too that, well, as a woman, I would say, I think uh, there's a lot of stigma around miscarriage. But I think people also forget that it happens so often and it can happen to anyone. So it's, mm. I hope people kind of like chill on that because... You know, as sad as it is, it is very sad. I mean, especially for someone like her who's who really genuinely want to start a family. But I really hope that they'll try again. Um, mm-hmm. We just need to give them space, you know, and right. don't judge them, <laughs> I would say. So. Right. Hearts out to Bill Allen Shaida. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, on that bombshell, it's goodbye from us. So, Lon, any final words? Again, happy Black History Month and a happy Valentine's Day to all y'all out there. 
I hope your team wins in the Super Bowl. And uh, yeah. <laughs> Good one. What he said. All right, guys. Till next time. Bye. Bye. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Welcome to the Snapple Market Auditory Experience. Close your eyes. Imagine you're walking into your neighborhood store. You make your way to the back and reach for your favorite Snapple flavor. You can't wait. You take a sip. Whoa, that's a lot of flavor. Mmm. What flavor are you holding? Now open your eyes and check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavorful Snapple near you. Thanks for listening, WTFers. If you love the podcast, give us a five-star review on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you get your podcasts. It is appreciated and really helps us out. You can also find us under listener support on anchor.fm and donate for as low as 99 cents or on Patreon at WTF Extra. You can engage with us on email, Twitter, and Instagram at 90 Day Fiance WTF. We especially would like to hear what your WTF moments are each episode. We might even shout you out. Don't forget to like, share, and follow the podcast.